Welcome to the Piano Ninja Tricks podcast, the best place to learn piano tricks, including mindset tricks, to make your Bach, Beethoven, and Chopin easier for you. I'm Lisa Spector, your Piano Ninja, here to make you feel and sound like a Piano Ninja. We are back for a Technique Thursday on the Piano Ninja Tricks podcast, and today we are going to be talking about wrists. I get asked all the time, Lisa, should I move my wrist? Should I keep my wrist still? Should I move it sideways? Should I move it up and down? And the answer is coming, and I will give you the cliff notes is that it all depends and I will give you some examples of when you move it and when you don't move it. But first I want to remind you that we have our black and white Friday discounts, deep discounts, 50 to 65% off and that is going on until Monday before Thanksgiving. So Make sure you jump in at this recording. I still have some slots open for my newest program that I'm just loving, the Piano Ninja Practice Buddy, where I'm actually virtually practically next to you on your piano bench almost 24-7, not quite, but answering your questions, speeding up the time in which you learn music. Because for example, we're using Voxer and you have your phone out and you are wondering what the fingering is and a new piece you're learning. You're learning, you're questioning how much pedal to use. You're wondering how do you increase the speed? You're feeling tension in your arm and you send me a one minute video. I send you a one minute video response back and you're on your way to really establishing smart practice habits, getting rid of like not even starting with any poor rhythm that slow you, anything that slows you down. That is discounted a hundred dollars. So it's $188 for the year. You get me for the year for $188 compared to a private lesson, which is $250. And that's over in an hour. Don't get me wrong. I love to teach and would would love to help you that way too. But it's Black Friday. It's Black and White Friday. So take advantage of that. Many other programs. Also, I have ones... I also create music. I have a 20 year history of recording music for canine anxiety. And I have a program called Dog Gone Calm is the name of my album. So it's Dog Gone Calm Piano Tricks, where I teach... You only really have to be like beginning intermediate level for this. Teach you how to play music that is de-stressing for both ends of the leash. Lots of programs, a bundle package with piano lessons on specific pieces of music that are my signature pieces, the Revolutionary Etude and the Aeolian Harp Etude is brand new and the Raindrop Prelude, the Boxy Major Prelude, Satie Gymnopédie number one. And so that's in a bundle for also only $88. You can find that at lisaspector.com forward slash Black Friday. I will tell you with the Piano Ninja Practice Buddy, it's a limited time offer. I don't know when it's going to be gone. I, it might be gone by the time this episode drops because I can only take 10. Uh, It takes my time and I just love helping you accelerate faster, but I only have so many I can serve at a time. So look at that and I hope to see you in the Foxer app through that. So on to today's Technique Thursday, wrists. This is 
so crucial to your success. It's really important that you use your wrist when it supports the musical line and you don't use your wrist when it doesn't support the musical line. So I'm going to give you an example of when I'm using a lot of wrist motion. So this is the Beethoven Opus 14, number two. A lot of Mozart is like this when you have short phrases. So I'm um, using, if you're watching me on YouTube, You'll see my wrist motion if you're listening on the podcast app. Just know with each phrase, I'm dropping at the beginning of the phrase and I'm lifting at the end. And at the end with the two note phrases, I, it's it's a faster motion, but I'm still using quite a bit of motion. And... That really happens. A lot of Mozart, a, a lot of early Beethoven, a lot of Haydn. Uh, you know, it happens sometimes in Chopin as well. It's not, it's not only classic composers, but anytime you have short phrases, you're basically doing one thing. You're dropping your wrist at the beginning of the phrase. You're lifting at the end. It supports the musical line. So there's no strange accent at the end, unless the composer wrote that in. Don't accent the ends of phrases. So you're dropping at the beginning and lifting at the end. And it could could be a two note phrase. It could be a five note phrase, whatever it is, you're dropping and you're lifting at the end. Now, what happens when you have the opposite? So let's say it's the Schubert G major, the beautiful Schubert G major that has these long, lush, simple chords, and you want a lot of consistency. So here is really, this is a really important trick. When you want consistency in your sound, be consistent in your motion. So Motion, M-O-T-I-O-N, probably emotion too, but in your motion, so very little movement. So when I'm playing the opening of this G major sonata of Schubert, the last thing I want to do is use my wrist. I don't. I want a really solid wrist motion because in the coming chords, I want them to sound pianissimo, matched in sound. I don't want the wrist motion. I'm going to take off my gloves here and demonstrate a little bit on this. beginning when it's so soft, I'm just, if you're not watching me and you're just listening, I'm, my wrist is really, really, really steady. Now, let's say I have big chords, the Tchaikovsky, beginning of Tchaikovsky, first piano concerto. I am not only using a lot of wrist motion, but I'm also using a lot of arm motion. I want really big, full, lust chords, not pushed at all, but the sound actually comes from my lower back and over the top of my shoulders. And it's a lot and so on. So I'm using my whole upper body for that. So that's a lot of wrist motion. I'm going to share something that I will tell you. I don't know the mechanics of this, but I'm just making some assumptions. 
hairstylists are known for getting carpal tunnel after decades of their work. And I am guessing it's because they keep their hand position and their wrist in one position like their entire career. They're cutting and they don't, I would think you don't move your wrist as a hairstylist. With piano, you want a ton of variety. You want to be, you know, sometimes you're using your wrist a lot. Sometimes you're using it a little. Sometimes you're really, really consistently not moving it. One of the biggest mistakes I hear over and over again um, is when a pianist has a long line phrase and it's uncomfortable to stay in one position, but you really want to, you really want to support the phrase. So what I mean by that is I'm going to demonstrate in the F major nocturne. It's a long opening phrase. This is how not to do it. And I'll, if you're only listening and not watching, I'll talk you through what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm dropping, lifting, dropping, dropping, lifting, dropping, lifting, and dropping. I don't want to do that because it, it makes a very vertical line. I want a long horizontal line. And as uncomfortable as it is for a while, my piano Ninja Tricksters member, Eric, said, it's only uncomfortable till it's not uncomfortable. And then it always surprises me how quickly it's comfortable. So this would be an example of, it might be uncomfortable to keep your wrist in one position, but it's still a long phrase. So I'm dropping, keeping my wrist level all the way to the end of the phrase. Now I'm lifting. Now I'm going to do it again without talking. And I can hear the difference, team. When I'm moving my wrist a lot, it, it sounds very vertical to me. I'd be happy to do a blind closed eye test of this. If I'm not moving my wrist, it sounds very horizontal on what I call long lines. was all one phrase then I drop for the next phrase new phrase and then I continue on with a long line phrase so I hope that helps you distinguish when to move your wrist when not to move your wrist be very, very intentional about it. Like really look at the music. What is What supports the musical line? What supports the sound that you want? And I hope that helps you. If you hadn't noticed, I'm obsessed with making piano easier for you. While these are short mini episodes, your help doesn't end here. If you'd like to get your piano question answered directly by me for free, there are two ways to do that. Join my podcast hub at podcast.lisaspector.com. Once you're in the hub, you'll see a place to drop your short question. I'll answer it with a video demonstration for my piano. And if you're on Instagram, follow me at Lisa Spector Piano and send me a DM with your question on a short excerpt of music. Send it via text or video. I'll post a video answer in my Instagram Piano Ninja Tricks broadcast channel. We'll also leave a link to everything in the show notes. And if you'd like to watch the show, you can view the raw, unedited episodes on my Lisa Spector YouTube channel. 
Oh, and one more thing before I get back to the piano. If you're enjoying the show, please follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider sharing with a piano playing friend and leave a review. We're new here and every favorable review is an enormous help. Thanks for listening. I'm Lisa Spector, your piano ninja. It's back to the piano for me. (laughs) 